Welcome to the Focus Today podcast with Perry Atkinson. Well, welcome back. Oh, so honored. Been looking forward to this to have with us today, Carrie Lake. She's the author of Unafraid, Just Getting Started. After 27 years as a successful broadcaster and uh, anchor person, but uh, she's now been healed and recovered. (laughs) 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 She decided to uh, run for governor in the state of Oregon in 2022 with the endorsement of President Trump on a platform of putting Arizona first. And the big question is, what happened? Carrie, good to see you. How are you, friend? Oh, it's so good to be on. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. I, I can't believe I'm sitting here finally talking about the book because when you're writing a book, you wonder, will this ever come to an end? I don't know if anybody in your um, audience has ever written a book, but it can be a daunting um, task. And now here we are. It's become reality. And I'm so I'm really proud of this book. Good it's a you. great book. And I think it will encourage people to be courageous and do something big right now. Well, congratulations. Where can they get it? You can get wherever you buy books. I mean, if you'd like to go to Amazon and give them your money, you can go to Amazon or barnesandnoble.com. You can go to my webpage, carrylake.com, and buy it there. That'll hook you up straight with the publisher, which is Winning Team Publishing. And um, they're an American publisher. They don't censor the people who write books with them. They are uh, owned by Sergio Gore and Don Trump Jr., and they support people people who support America. So I really am proud to be associated with this publishing house. What do you want people to take away from the book? You know, I I really want people to take away from the book that um, the American dream and uh, the foundation of America is still there. Sometimes we wake up and we go, what's happening in this world? Has it been taken over? Our government has been taken over by some pretty evil people and forces. But that foundation that our founding fathers and the hand of God placed is still there. And we have the tools to get back to that. I talk about how I came from a rural part Iowa, um, the youngest of nine. I graduated from high school at 16, worked and paid my way through college and and ended up living the American dream with a dream career that I ended up walking away from during COVID because I realized that the media had just become a propaganda arm of the government. And I, I found the job to be immoral. And so I prayed to God. I asked for God to completely take the reins in my life, not just, you know, when things were tough, but I wanted to hand over my life a hundred percent. And when you do that, when you hand your life over to God a hundred percent, you can't even imagine what God places before you. The whole world that uh, I had never even thought of getting into politics, I got thrown into that and we led a movement of, of amazing people, moms and dads. And I'm just here to tell you that when you do hand your life over to God, his path for you is so much bigger than you could ever imagine. And that being said, he's also given us, he's given us the skills that we need to get through this, this difficult time. Well, I can say a big hearty amen. In fact, you and I share some things in common. Uh, I've been in media for about 50 years (laughs) and I felt called to run for Congress and, um, and lost by 749 votes, but who's counting? And you felt called to leave uh, media and to run for governor. And uh, it didn't turn out the way that you hoped. But on the other hand, God is using you in an amazing way. Um, When you got through the other side of the Arizona election, what were your thoughts? Well, I'm going to be honest. I had some anger. I go into that in the book, the last chapter, um, talks 
talks about, you know, election day and what happened because they they couldn't have me. The powers of even though our polling showed us up 10, 11, 12 points, the movement was very obvious. I was running against somebody who didn't even campaign, couldn't barely speak. Uh, I called her the the uh, female version of, of Fetterman, John Fetterman um, and Joe Biden. And it pained me. I was I was angry. We put everything 525 days of of campaigning. Mm-hmm. We put our heart into this because we care about our state. And the people are with me and it hurt for me. Yes. But I hurt for the people of Arizona. Somebody in one in my inner circle on one of the calls said, well, let's just we'll just run again. Well, and I said, no, it's not about that. It's about this. The path Arizona is going to be on if we can't get in there and save our state. I'm worried about my children and the, and the kids in this state. So I was angry. I was, um, you know, for several days kind of wanted to lay curled up in bed. And then I thought, you know, this is not how God, God wants us to get up and fight. Mm-hmm. And, and we're on God's time. And about a week before the election, God told me this victory might not come the way you expect it, but it's going to come the way we need it. And so I believe I'm put here to expose the corruption in our elections. If we don't have our sacred right to vote, if it's not intact, we lose our country. And I think God put me here to expose that corruption and point it out so that we can begin to fix it and make sure that we reform our elections so that we truly do have a voice. Beautiful. That's beautiful. I can hear your heart in that. So we have problems with elections. You obviously experienced it firsthand. I guess the question is, why isn't this obvious evidence of the voting process and all of its problems brought to some form of justice? Well, we, my case is the, made it the furthest along. It got into the courts, but, you know, Perry, from top to bottom, our system is corrupt. I think people even realize the courts are corrupt. That's pretty obvious in this day and age. And so, you know, my point and my effort is to get the word out to the people, not just a judge, because there's, there's judges who don't have courage or judges who are, are corrupt. And I'm trying to get the message out to the people. And that's where it starts. The power in this country and our founders placed it in the people's hands, not in the government's hands. And I think we've just forgotten that. And so I'm getting the information out. We are continuing to appeal our case. I want to appeal it to the Supreme Court. But I'll tell you what, these these corrupt uh, election officials are in a panic and they're suing me personally for for uh, exposing that corruption. So they will use law fair to try to destroy the truth tellers of the world. And I am not going to back down from these fights. Uh, you know, one of the, when I went to leave my job, I was really, to be honest, I was worried about walking away from the money. I mean, I had a seven figure contract. That's a lot to walk away from. And I prayed to God. I said, God, I just, before I make this step, give me a sign. I'm, I'm doing the right thing. I don't want to have regret after I do this. I don't want to say that was the stupidest thing I ever did. And I opened the Bible and I put my finger down on just the random page that opened in front of me. It was first Timothy chapter six, verse seven, mm. we bring nothing into this world. We take nothing out. And that was the sign God gave me that you're on the right path. And so I believe I'm on the right path. I don't know what the victory looks like, but I do know that the victory goes to God. How and you- I, I'm, I'm waiting for his time frame. Yeah. I wish he were on my time frame, but I got to be on his time frame. Uh, amen to that. So how do you protect your heart from anger and righteous anger? I, I learned a long time. Growing up in a family of nine, you can wake up any day and be mad at one of your siblings. You can be fighting with one. But at the end of the day, you wake up or you go to bed 
and they're your friends. And we're all in this together. The people that we're angry with, many of them have just been brainwashed by uh, the news media lying to them, education system lying to them, pastors, as, as you had on earlier, who don't feel they can really truly, truly do the job and preach the gospel. And so we're all in a fog. A lot of people are in a fog. And sometimes you're mad at people who are just in a fog and haven't seen the truth yet. Um, I know that when when you hold anger, it hurts the person holding the anger more than it hurts the person who's causing the anger. So I try not to hold much anger and, and I just shake it off every day and say, all right, let's go. Good. God gave me another day and I, I pray that he leads me every day, uses um, me, uses my voice and my heart to do the right thing. Because at the end of the day, you know, the media lies about me nonstop, just like they do about President Trump. I know where I stand with my husband, with my children, with those who really matter to me. And at the end of the day, it's going to be, how does God view you mm -hmm. and the work that you did while uh, in the time that you had? And, and that's what's important. It seems to me, uh, Carrie, that the culture is waking up to the nonsense. There, there, there is a pushback. It's occurring. And there's some surprises out there. Were you surprised when Fox News called Arizona so early? I was on the set that night, anchoring the news that night in Arizona, and a producer got in my ear, and I talk about it in my book, and they said, uh, Brett Baer, Fox News just called the election for, for Biden. And I said, wait a minute, people are still in line voting. We have less than 1% of the votes that have been counted. This is impossible. You know, meanwhile, they never called Florida, which Trump was winning by a landslide. And I started to immediately think something's up. You know, I, I called my BS meter and my BS meter was going off. And so um, I even called it out three times on the air that night. I said, this isn't right. This is a, a call that came too early. I know Arizona. I've lived there for pretty much 30, almost 30 years. And there were Trump trains. There were sides of the road rallies going on. Meanwhile, nobody was interested in Biden. He couldn't draw three people when he came to town. And it just didn't make sense. It didn't make sense. So I I was uh, taken aback, and I even called it out live on the air that night. And that's one of the reasons that, combined with the lies and half-truths that went out over COVID, that I said, I can no longer do this job, because it would require me to lie to the people who are watching me. And I can't do that. That's immoral. So it, it really was the impetus that I needed, the push I needed, in a weird way, to get me out of this field and lead me in this other direction, which turned out to be politics which is such an unlikely thing I never imagined being in yeah. politics. So what do you think is happening to our industry? I mean, Fox News after that had a huge turn down in an audience for a while. It cost them some money. Subsequent to that, we've seen Tucker Carlson go out the back door and some other people, and those ratings go down. What's happening to our industry? Well, if you think of journalism being um, corporate media, then I think we're looking at journalism wrong. Journalism is still alive. I'm seeing a lot of independent journalists uh, crop up, and I'm getting great information and great news from them where it's trustworthy. The problem is we put our trust in corporate media, and it's gone corrupt. You know, Fox is a business, and their business is making money, 
and their business is, um, you know, making their sponsors happy. That's when, when you have a business, the media business has become making their sponsors happy. So you really have to look at who their sponsors are. Is it big pharma? Is it the military industrial complex? Is it an, a political agenda that maybe the top of the corporation is pushing? And Fox can do what they want. They're a business, but the people don't have to watch it. Just like we, we came out strong and said, we'll no longer buy Bud Light. We're not going to shop at Target if they're going to push this uh, agenda on us and on our families. So we have the ability to say, no, thank you. We don't want your product. They have the ability if they want to go full on establishment um, politics rather than America first politics. That's their choice. But we have a lot of power by deciding who do we give our attention to. Our attention is worth a lot to the media. We don't have to give our attention to these outlets that are not doing the right thing by our country and by our families, just as we don't have to give companies selling products that are not doing the right thing our money and attention. Do you think there is a moral awakening in America? I definitely do. And, I, and I'm really impressed by what I'm seeing with the, the young generation right now. They are they are rejecting, you know, in many ways, rejecting this push for the most crazy things that are coming out of our of our government and the propaganda um, media and culture. They're starting to say this is just ridiculous. And I love seeing that. I know that my own kids ha have um, had a revival of sorts. You were talking about a revival. My daughter, I'll say, where are you heading off to? And she's like, Bible study. And I find out it's a group of 18, 19, 20, 25-year-olds meeting every week to do Bible study. This isn't their parents telling them to do it. They are doing it on their own. Our young people, all human beings, yearn for God in their lives. And God has been taken out. And these kids are finding it and realizing, why has this been um, taken from me? Why hasn't wasn't this introduced to me earlier? And this uh, whole push to keep God out of our culture the kids are finally waking up, and when they discover God, when they discover uh, the gospel, they are so hungry for it. I think it's wonderful. If you look, you can see that it's happening. Well, it certainly is, and we're pretty excited about it. I, I see that. It's certainly not going to make headline news by any means, but there is, well, there is a pushback, and there is a spiritual revival. I think there's a remnant within the church today that's starting to stand up. It's, it feels healthy. And, uh, yeah, we're angry, but we're not sinning. <laughs> we're just standing up against it. What's, what's the future for you? I've got about a minute. Right. What's the future for you? You know what? I'm, I'm still working my court case. I have, the, I have the strongest election case the country's ever seen. We're pushing it through on an appeal. We want to get to the Supreme Court. I have to now fight uh, these election officials who are suing me now. But I may look at running for office again. We have a Senate seat open, and I'm contemplating that. So we shall see. I just want to make sure we save our country. Well, our thoughts and prayers are with you. Thank you for your time. You're, you're an inspiration. You, Let me say to our viewers and listeners, uh, K-A-R-I Lake, com is the website. And get a copy of her book, Unafraid, Just Getting Started. Yeah, take it out. Check it out. Thank you, Carrie. Thank God bless you, my friend. And God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's Focus Today podcast. Remember, you can visit our website to check out all the interviews we did this week on our daily Focus Today TV show at thedove.us. And if you like this podcast, please take a moment to rate us and share it with your friends.